By having that clear direction, they don't have to face a blank page. They have the checklist. It produced better writing with any type of student that I used it with. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Chief Marketing Officer. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So Andrew, on occasion, I will be at a homeschool convention or at a school convention, and someone will come up to me and say, you're Julie Walker, you're on that podcast. This is a recent development for me, you know, and obviously it's because we do this podcast together. I know you get this all the time. I know you get stopped at airports. I know people are asking for your autograph. So it's kind of the public face of IEW. You, more than me, I'm just the public voice <laughs> audio of IEW. Well, I'm glad people notice and like you. Yeah. Yeah. It is fun. It is fun. I, I mean, you know, they they sometimes say, okay, say something. I'm going to close my eyes and then they'll know it's me because they recognize my voice, which is really fun. But, you know, of course, at a company, at a business, at a I almost want to say ministry because so much of what we do, we're just giving and we just love to help people out. But there's so many behind the scenes people. And I wanted to take a moment to showcase just one of those behind the scenes people today. Well, and she's been behind the scenes for a long, long yes, time. Yes, in doing many, many different things. So we have in the studio with us, all the way from Lynchburg, Virginia, my good friend, Denise Kelly. So welcome to our podcast, Denise. Thank you. Wonderful to be here. So I think it would be fun for our listeners to kind of hear your journey, how you even found out about Andrew Poudois and why you were interested in coming alongside and joining him in this great work that we're doing here. Well, that was a long time ago. My oldest son is 34 right now, and I found IEW when he was in fourth grade. And It gave me so many answers to so many problems that I was immediately pulled into not only the writing program, but also listening to Andrew as he did conference talks and found so many answers to questions in general about my philosophy of homeschooling, only he was able to articulate them. And he really did shift my whole paradigm of education. I knew I didn't like the way I had been educated, but I didn't know what to do with that. And so there are many, many talks that I listened to many, many times. And that helped me to be able to figure out how that was going to look in my own homeschool. And so that was really where it started from there because I attended the HEAV State Virginia Convention every year. So that was 23 consecutive years. And in that period of time, I wanted to volunteer in the IEW booth. And so I contacted IEW, asked what I should do to be able to do that, was put 
in touch with the exhibitor of the booth for Virginia. And that began my journey of understanding more in depth the product that we were selling. And it was really through that that I met Andrew. I, I had already been in contact with Jill Pike through, we called it the loop back then, but it was a group where people would ask questions about the product and she allowed me to come on and help her answer those questions. And so that just all led to getting to know the company better. And Andrew, when he came to HEAV a couple of years in a row, he was there for the whole time teaching many, many seminars, but that gave us an opportunity to get to know each other. And so when the exhibitor coordinator position was open through Jill Pike as well, I was invited to join the team as the exhibitor coordinator. And many years of setting up those events with the exhibitors that we had from Florida to Hawaii, then led into being an event coordinator and Andrew's event coordinator. And from there, I moved into the online classes. We had just started our online class program. And truth be told, when Julie asked me if I would be interested in teaching online classes, I thought it was a terrible idea and it wouldn't go anywhere because I couldn't imagine not teaching in a classroom. I was so wrong and I'm so glad that I didn't articulate that to her, but took the position and fell in love just immediately with the students that we had and the teachers that I was working with and eventually became the online class director. And in that period of time, there was also a shift for needing someone, a single individual to oversee the product development. And so I moved out of the event coordinator position into product development manager. And from there have built a team of editors and designers. And we see product either, we either will revise products that we have, or we start from, you know, the, just the idea, the first concept of the product. And we see that, that whole process through to sending it to the shipping department for them to print and ship. So that's, that's what I do now. It's been a really wonderful journey, and I can't even imagine what my life would have been like without IEW, who I would have been instead. So. Yeah, it's funny to think we've been doing this all together like a third of our entire lives. Wow, yep. Basically, that gives away our ages. But, <laughs> uh, it's interesting because you said the product, and when you first came on, we had about one product. <laughs> it was the teaching, writing, writing structure, and style. style. We didn't really have anything in the way of the theme-based books. or We had this miserable little collection of source texts, but it was very much everybody needs to find their own source texts. And, mm -hmm. you know, that worked for some people like you, Julie. So I'm just curious, you know, you, you learned the structure and style system. You started to work with your, your son, I assume. And did you have to find all your own source texts? I did. And that, that was somewhat of a struggle. But like I said, I listened to your talks over and over. And so I feel like from that, I understood the concept of if you're doing this in science, then just use 
some of the material that you have for science if you're doing this in history. So it was that whole idea of we're going to fit the writing into everything else that we're studying instead of making it a separate writing you know, class. And I also am very thankful that I was homeschooling with some ladies that were older than I was, but they had children around the same ages as my children. And they also were very excited about IEW. And so we started a writing club. And in that writing club, though, the main purpose for it was audience. So whatever the, a child had written that month, they could bring it and they could read it at writing club. One of my dear friends, Debbie Bourgeois, was taking IEW and she was creating little lessons for us. And so I did learn some of it from the modeling that she did. She understood things much quicker than I did. And we were just all very excited and enthusiastic about some of the things that our kids were turning out for this writing club and and in their own school. And work. your son had some real challenges with the whole reading writing world as well. Is that correct? One of my sons did. And it's very interesting, again, that the program worked on all levels of the different students that I've worked with over the years, whether there was any kind of struggle or whether things came naturally. And But at the same time, some children, when things come naturally, they're not as inclined to work as hard. And so by having that clear direction for this is what you're going to do, this is how we're going to do it, they don't have to face a blank page, they have the checklist, it produced better writing with any type of student that I used it with. So over the years, you have worked on many projects. What was your favorite one of all the things we've done and you've had your fingers in the in the cooking? Well, before you even ask that question, uh-huh. I just would love to hear a list. I think our listeners would appreciate a list of products that her fingerprints are on. I just don't have that much time. <laughs> okay, go ahead. But keep it quick and then tell us of all those, which was your favorite project to do and why? It's funny that you pointed out that I said the product because in my mind, Everything that we do really does tie back to teaching, writing, structure, and style. That is the product. So when I became the product manager, we were working on some theme-based books. And one of my main goals when I first came on, and we're still doing it some, but uh, we don't need to as much, was aligning everything with the product. So taking things that you know had been out there, that maybe some innovations had crept in, and we were taking everything back to your, your teaching of the teaching, writing, structure, and style, and aligning the theme-based books to that so that there wasn't confusion you know, we certify IEW teachers. We wanted them all to understand how to use the program correctly so that they could get the most out of it. So theme-based books was what I started with as I brought on my team of editors. Heidi Thomas and Sabrina Cardinelli have just been rock solid in the work that they've done with me. And so then from there, we had the video courses Structure and Style for Students had been already recorded or were being recorded. 
And so we were taking those video courses and creating curriculum to go with the video part. And that's just been a huge project where we still continue to work on that and fix it. We decided to take a program that was winning awards (laughs) and say, we can make this better. And that was that was something that I was a little, you know, scary because everybody loved Fix It and rightly so. It's a beautiful grammar program. And we spent a couple of years together as a team working through uh, creating a more user-friendly and really more solid uh, grammar program. And that's our Fix It grammar. And that was, that was very intense. That took a lot of work. But we are just so pleased with the results of that. So I don't, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's lots of bits and pieces. It's like your children. Missing. You can't yeah. really pick a favorite and get away with it, right? <laughs> yeah. I love the theme-based books. I, I love, you know, the, I feel again, just the user-friendly products that we develop and give to teachers and homeschool teachers that I know it's, it's going to make a huge difference. Way, way back when I was first homeschooling my students in grade school, I remember my brother, I homeschooled with my brother and sister-in-law. And I remember my brother just kept saying, just remember reading, writing, and arithmetic because so many of us homeschool moms were so concerned about everything everybody else was doing and feeling inadequate. And he just kept saying, reading, writing, and arithmetic. (laughs) And really wasn't until my boys went to college that I found out how true that was and how important the writing part of education was going to be to them when they went to college. There were lots and lots of other things that I got all worked up about and wanted to make sure that they, you know, had this course or that course. And when it came down, all of those things could have been left (laughs) undone as long as they were learning to write well. And I feel like even, you know, definitely into their adult life. Yeah, I just finished a book called Reading for the Long Run, which is about the importance of written communication and that When children struggle with reading through a visual or attention or processing issues, it's worth the battle because of the world that it opens up. And the author talked a little bit about how writing really crystallizes thinking in a way that no other activity will do. Mm -hmm. And Jordan Peterson also talks about this, that writing does something that we just never encounter in any other activity. We can talk all day, but when we have to write something down, it changes the way in which we think about the thing that we're thinking about in a very good way. And you know, we're, we're in this world of everybody saying, oh, nobody's going to have to learn these basic skills anymore because you can just tell your, your computer can just read stuff to you. And then you can just ask ChatGPT to write stuff for you. And who needs to know math? Because you can just have a computer do math. And, you know, the level of humanity that we face losing in this abdication of teaching basic skills. You know, a lot of young, newer homeschool moms come into this world in this this battle between technology mm-hmm. and 
the brain, mm -hmm. essentially, that the technology will atrophy the skills which it replaces. Yes. And, and in doing so, it will fail to develop the human potential of the brain. But it's interesting because you also were, you know, pioneering the establishment of these online classes, which I also, in the beginning, was somewhat opposed to. I really didn't want to do it for various reasons, mostly philosophical rather than logistical or business. But that's interface of technology with the cultivation of the basic skills. So I'd be fascinated for you to talk a little bit about how you perceive, and we've had thousands and thousands and thousands of students going mm -hmm. through this for years and years mm -hmm. now. How does our system balance those things? How do we use technology but also draw out the maximum benefits for the students who are engaged in these online classes? How does that work? I would say that one of the things I was concerned about was that I wouldn't be able to get to know our, my students the mm -hmm. same. The, the personal the relationship, personal relationship. Part that's so important when you look right. someone in the face. Yes. Yeah. And, and I still, I'm not quite sure how it happens. I guess it shows the power of the written word because when I'm teaching a live class, my eyes are always watching chat. And so there's interaction with the students as they're using chat to ask questions or not chat GPT, the no, chat no, no, no. function. <laughs> so that there's communication yes. in the classroom. Yes. The so, so and they can see me. I have my video camera on and they can see me and hear me, but they're putting their answers to questions in the chat function. And it's just there are some times where they just, you know, they make me laugh. They ask great questions. They need things that we're going over. They they need more information. They need me to clarify for them. And so I feel like if I had had that when, especially when I was starting out with IEW, I feel like I would have gotten further along in the program a lot faster. Hmm. We use Toolbox as our platform. And so it has messaging. It's called messages and it's email, basically. But they're always sending messages to, to the teachers, getting clarification. Mom also will sometimes jump in or, or even email directly if she needs more information or help with something or just wants to give some insight into what's going on with the students. So the relational part is something that I think is very important. I will say with our online classes, as the online class director, one of my biggest, most important parts of the job, I think, is my interaction with the instructors that we have. Our instructors are vetted carefully, and they're all certified instructors. But there's a sense in which just working with them so that they also are having this relational experience with the students. And they're just wonderful. They're just a wonderful group of educators who care about their students. And our program gives us, you know, all the tools that we need to be teaching this well. It actually makes it easy to be a good instructor when you have such, you know, good, good tools to work with. I'm always very frustrated when I do meet someone. It's fairly rare but you'll meet someone who said, oh, we tried that mm -hmm. and, and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, I want to, without being giving the, the fifth degree interrogation, I would like to find out how did this happen that you tried 
quote, IEW, mm. and it didn't work. What, and almost always it was some other teacher, either online or in some co-op somewhere, who, at least in the stories I would get, just wasn't doing it. Mm -hmm. With fidelity. With fidelity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, without criticizing some random person I don't know, I always want to say, well, maybe if you tried again in a different way, mm -hmm. you would have a better experience. Mm -hmm. Have you had any people that fall into that category of like, I tried it, but I didn't like it, but I'm I'm willing to try again. And then kind of a better experience, a conversion even. Yes, absolutely. Because we do have people that come to IEW online thinking that they already know the system. They understand the system. Maybe their child's been like in a co-op for a couple of years. And what we find out in working you know, with the student is that it hasn't been taught with fidelity. So there's a disconnect for what was the real purpose. And we are structure and style. And it seems like, I know when I first started, the style was such a big deal for me because it just was fun, cool, you know, things to play with those words. But the structure mm -hmm. is the beauty of the program. And I feel like that's a lot of times if somebody has not gone through the teaching, writing, structure and style course for the teacher training, to understand the program well, they miss sometimes why the structure is important and that we're not, you know, we're not squashing the creativity of their child to not, you know, allow them to just write however they want. We're giving them the structure that will then help them to become better writers. So. That, that is such a key point. I think everybody comes in and they, they get a dress-up checklist and then suddenly their kid's writing is more interesting and they think, well, that's the magic. But if you stick with it for a few years, you see it's the structural models that increase the skill of the thinking because the questions mm -hmm. that are required for the student to ask themselves in order to create the content, to invent the content, that's what really forms a cognitive process in a bigger way. You, you can tell people that all day, but I don't think they – get it until they persist with it a few right. years and yeah. start to see those profound good results. The other thing I would comment on what you just said is uh, recently we had on our podcast Scott Newstock mm -hmm. who wrote a book called How to Think Like Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. And one of the chapters is on constraint, I believe. And this idea that in the classical and Renaissance education model, when you had forms to follow, it actually creates greater creativity. That's something that our, our modern, you know, freedom-obsessed mentality doesn't necessarily grasp, is that you mean I have to follow your rules mm -hmm. and I can't do anything I want? But then what happens is you find out that the whole invention process becomes easier and you can go deeper and you get a better quality of thought and writing because of the constraint as opposed to say, you know, just go anywhere with it. I, I think the, I've used this in other talks, the analogy of the mile wide and a quarter inch deep mm -hmm. versus, you know, a chasm which you can fill up mm. and you get a whole lot more and a whole lot more lasting because your quarter inch deep will evaporate. Yeah, But you'll have content, you'll have substance remaining in your deeper well. 
And that's because it's focused. It's bringing all that into one place. And I know that there's been many times where when something I've written has been better because of a word count that I had to get it down to mm-hmm. a lower, you know, word count. And we don't use word count with no, no, no. students. I mean, just in my life, clarify, personally, but, yeah. right, that's, right. that's what I... Yeah, and, the, and that yeah. constraint, that focus, that direction that it gives. Well, and mm-hmm. I, you know, Denise and I have been having conversations this week with some of our team members about specifically those constraints in Unit 3. It's a three-paragraph model. Mm-hmm. Well, what if a student wants to write a 10-paragraph model? Well, that's not a Unit 3. That's something that you might be able to do later on as a Unit 3. Well, a variation or, on. Yeah. Or it's something that you can do outside of the Unit 3 sure. class. And sure. I think, Denise, and it's kind of back to the, the curriculum that you work on, that you're so good at saying, no, this is this is what we're going to provide to the instructor so that the instructor can appropriately convey our methodology to the student in a way that's, you know, dealt out at the right speed. It's not too fast. We're not dumping things on all at once. It's easy plus one, but it's clear. And I think, you know, when Andrew, you were saying it didn't work, I wonder, were they using curriculum that either someone else came up with outside of IEW? Were they trying to write their own lessons? And, you know, Denise and I, we've also had the conversation of it's actually really hard to write your own source text. And so I think that's something that we want to be able to provide to teachers and parents is something that we know will work for these units. And I have said many times in the process of teaching the TWSS, Mm -hmm. anything the child can read will work Mm -hmm. as a source text. That is a true statement, but it's also a case where that is more possible with the greater experience of the teacher. Yes. And now we have, you know, with the growth of homeschooling Mm -hmm. and charter schools and hybrid schools and pods and cottage and all of this, we find, you know, a lot of people moving into this realm of we want to teach this, but we don't have any background Mm -hmm. and we have to learn it now and teach it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so... Yes, that's why the theme-based books and the SSS source text and and all these things are so helpful to get the teacher going successfully. And then I think teachers can say, oh, you know, we're reading about this or Mm -hmm. we're studying that or talking about this. I could take that and use it in place of this Mm -hmm. and get the same good result. But you can't just go there from zero. Right. (laughs) Right. Our our product really does set people up for success yes. initially. If they learn it from our product, then they really can go anywhere with it and using other things. So we set them up for success. One thing that Denise and I have always appreciated, Andrew, over the years is our 100%. She said, you know, success. And I'm like, yeah, we guarantee it. We have a 100% satisfaction guarantee on everything we sell. And that means that we had better be pretty confident in what we're putting out there to make sure it will be successful. So that kind of helps. Well, and, you know, that was a an idea that mm-hmm. I had at the very inception. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Is I don't want anyone to ever buy this and wish they hadn't. Yep, yeah. And statistically, because I do look at some numbers, <laughs> our returns rate is phenomenally low yep. for the publishing industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Even with that guarantee. Yep. 
So that's a good one. Well, I guess the question would be, maybe there's people listening to us today and they have heard about IEW or not. They wonder, well, what's the best thing to do? I w- okay, I'm sold. I want to try this, especially because it's guaranteed. You know, I want to try it. What is in your, you know, decades of ex- decades? Oh, gosh, that does make us sound old, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> Because it's at least two, so it's plural. But in your <laughs> couple decades of seeing us go through all this and everything and and being on the cutting edge mm-hmm. of what we're doing right now, what's your best recommendation for people to get just, okay, I want to start? I got a 10-year-old. He doesn't like writing. Well, the, the student... The, and I got a 12-year-old who's crazy about writing. The structure and style for students is, is an excellent place to get started because you teach the lessons on the video. So there's, you know, that pressure is taken off of the instructor. All of the lessons are laid out. The source materials already there for you. So I love the using the SSS to get people started. And we, we use the SSS in the online classes, yes, correct? we do. We've expanded in the teaching, like clarification for anything that was taught in the lessons. And we also use Fix-It Grammar. Mm-hmm. We have a grammar component in our, our weekly classes. So, so, and that's a great place to start too, you know, if you want to sign up for <laughs> online classes. <laughs> I, I got this cute little email from some girl. I don't know. She's probably, would she say seventh grade? And she goes, Pudua, the king of fix-it. Oh, wow. And I thought, that's dumb, because other than having the original idea, I was not very involved in the creation (laughs) of this curriculum. I would be remiss if I did not say we actually have a bundle where we bundle together the marketing person. (laughs) Teaching writing structure and style, that teacher training course that we've talked about incessantly, the structure and style for students and a level of fix-it grammar all bundled together. And you actually save a significant amount of money. And and then you can enroll in an online class if you really, really want it. If you really need need the most help, we've got you covered. Yeah. What are some sneak peeks of things that you are excited about in the next few years? Well, I love the fact that in our idea of a well-rounded education, we've already been doing things that have to do with speech. That's a beautiful product. Um, The university writing course that you you also finished not too long ago recording. We have ideas for a poetry program that I'm very excited about. So I just feel like the, the good ideas just keep rolling. And Yeah, I think one of the best things about being a business that's also really a ministry to people yeah. mm-hmm. is that it's very easy to talk to people with true genuine desire to help them, not just to sell something Mm -hmm. because there's, you know, other things out there we're competing with, but this, it works. And we know that if people will just step in the water, then they will have a good experience. And we we don't have to be afraid Mm -hmm. about sharing that with everyone. And you're particularly good at that, I think, Denise. (laughs) Thank you. I remember the old days at the booth and I would kind of hang out and overhear you and other people working these conventions and thinking, she just said that so well. And the fact that she's this homeschool mom who's doing it works even better than if I were to say it. Because, yeah, I, you know, maybe I'm trying to sell something. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, but 
but it, it's that personal mom-to-mom connection. And now we're seeing it in the schools, that mm-hmm. teacher-to-teacher connection yep. that I think is so valuable. Yep. Well, Denise, it's always a pleasure to have you here in Oklahoma. I, I always beg to have her move here, but she's yeah, not. why inclined, not? Right? <laughs> because she loves her family yeah. in, in Virginia. And I Denise, love being here. Thank you. Thank you, Denise, so much for being here. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. Here you can also find show notes and relevant links from today's broadcast. One last thing. Would you mind going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast? This really helps other smart, caring listeners like you find us. Thanks so much.